Fourth and final hour, Darren, Donnick, and Chase here on this Monday afternoon. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe alongside. We'll check in with Willie D out in Vegas, baby. Viva Las Vegas. Tomorrow night, Predators and Golden Knights. Nine o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you at eight. And everything heard right here on 1025 The Game. Game two of the three-game road trip. They'll close things out in Glendale, Arizona on Thursday night against those crazy coyotes. Let's say hello to Joe Rex Road, who is with the Athletic, still a little bit weird to say, columnist for the Athletic. Joe, how you doing? I'm good, guys. Just back from a really fun trip to Denver. How are you guys? Mm, we are jealous. Hashtag I love Denver. Jealous. <laughs> I do too. I love I do love Denver. The wife and I went out there and spent 5 days this summer, a little anniversary trip, and it's it's a fun city. It really is. I I enjoy Denver. I don't know what there was to enjoy about yesterday's game, but the city's nice. No, Denver's great. The airport is awful. It's like two hours airport. out, two hours out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's not but really no, two it's hours. A great city, and, and it's a great stadium. By the way, that's the first time I'd ever been there to whatever it's called. Blah 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 at Mile High. Um, <laughs> blah blah blah. But, uh, <laughs> Great place, and uh, man, I, I mean that, that has to be one of the worst football games played in the city limits, I would think. So yeah, I'm so sorry, Joe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> are you 95 percent sure that Mariota will start on Sunday versus the Chargers? <laughs> oh, you're gonna put the 95 number on there? No, no. I I'm thought we'd have a little fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not on the 95 train there. I but. It, you know, if I think about a percentage, I think I will go, how about 55? How about 55-45 Mariota? Hmm. Okay, why Why over 50% chance that he starts instead of Tannehill, in your opinion? Well, because, first of all, look, I know that there are coaching decisions that are about know helping the team win and we got these guys in the locker room and we're gonna pick the best ones and put the guys in position and all that stuff but this is not just that this is this is an organization statement too and look Mike Brable there are conversations that are gonna be happening between Mike Brable and John Robinson and I'm sure you know I think they happen every day anyway but if you start Tannehill then you are saying you know we're done with Mariota are you are you prepared to do that are you sure you're ready I'm sure that it's close right now, but that I, I, I just I have a feeling that Mariota gets another chance. You can say he's earned it or not. It's really not about that to me. Tannehill was better yesterday, and it was the right move. Absolutely, I say Mariota was so bad. And if Mariota played like that all the time, this would have been done long ago. You know, but I, I think that there's so much respect for him. And I also think that seeing these guys every day in practice, I mean, anybody who was out there at camp, I mean, look, they're very close in skill set and ability and, and in career production. I mean, it's not it's not like an obvious upgrade or else this would have happened earlier. So I, I think it, all of it together tells me Mariota starts and the hook comes. Maybe, you know, the, the hook now, that door has been open, and I can definitely see that happening before we even get to halftime if it's really bad. But – it's just my guess. Joe, we've taken a lot of calls, as you can imagine, today, talking about just the reaction, everything there is to react to yesterday. And one of the callers said, look, you guys 
report on the team. You guys are there. You're around them. You know, and we kind of defer to Tehran. You're out there just like Tehran more than us. They're usually practicing during our show, so we're not around them on a daily basis. But he said, hey, man, tell us what what's going on in the room right now. He just he was kind of hinting like I, I just don't get good vibes that, uh, you know, that everybody is singing Kumbaya, you know, to paraphrase basically what he was getting mm-hmm. at. And I admitted that I, I think they're dangerously close. Well, I have no proof of it other than just kind of listening to some of their words that this thing could be close to, you know, the offense fracturing the room. Because even if the defense is saying all the right things, you know privately they're going, geez, what do we have to do? I mean, when, when are they going to score points and help us out? Uh, oh, yeah. Do you, do you, and I think there's frustration, obviously, with Delaney. And others, I'm sure Delaney's going, man, what in the world do I have to do to get a ball even close to my hand? So where are you at on that? Like I said, you're you're around them more than us. What do you think of that notion? Yeah, no, listen, yeah, privately and probably sitting there on the sideline like WTF all day long watching the offense out there, right? I mean, of course. And, of course, they're frustrated. And, look, they they have a good locker room. They have a lot of, I think, solid guys. They have a lot of leaders. You know, those defensive guys, guys like Kevin Byard and Logan Ryan, I mean, if there's if there's a group of defensive players who are going to be able to handle this and, you know, stay above the fray and, and not let it get ugly in there, you know, the Titans have those guys. But still, of course, if this keeps going on like this, you know, I mean, it's just it's, – it won't just be the defense either. Because like you said, you mentioned Delaney Walker. I mean, there's other guys who are frustrated on the offensive side of the ball. And when it comes down to it, I think Mike Vrabel has done a lot in terms of earning the respect of this, of the locker room, of the players. You know, he is a, you know, he is a player coach, sometimes to his detriment. But listen, if, if your coaches are out there and what you're doing is not working and they are getting out-coached and out-schemed and they don't have answers, eventually you lose respect for them too. And, I mean, it's like you look at – I don't know if you guys saw the thing with uh, um, Dallas's coach whose name now escapes me, which is just – Jason Garrett. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. thank you. You see him you know, with the hands out, and the guys literally all just blew and him No, No back. one. Yeah, they just blew right yeah. by him. Nobody touched him. It was amazing. Now, is that because he's a jerk or because guys are just like, he's just not good enough. He's not a very <laughs> good coach. You know, so I, I, I think – and that's the thing here, too. I mean, guys here like Arthur Smith, first-time OC, super impressive guy on the practice field, respected guy, has been through through multiple. And there's a lot of things about him that you're like, man, that guy's impressive. But, boy, I tell you what, your offense looks like that. Pretty soon guys are like, what's going on? Why'd you hire this guy? And so, yeah, lose enough, and it's all going to go yeah, downhill. Yeah, true. Uh, and I think they've been very predictable on offense the last couple of games. Uh, what did you make of Mike Vrabel's – comments when asked who are your leaders in the offensive room and his list was Ben Jones, Deion Lewis and Delaney Walker. I mean, I think we all can say, okay, Delaney Walker, get it, but you don't mention the most expensive left tackle in the game, your quarterback, uh, Corey Davis, uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, there's others, but Delaney, yes, but that's, that's the guys that he mentioned and maybe he meant to say more, but those are the three names that he said. Well, yeah, the, the one that surprises me there is Deion Lewis. I mean, I, I, I would never – I mean, he wouldn't – just guessing, I wouldn't put him in the top, like, 15 or 12, you know. Like, I mean, maybe it's – I guess maybe that's 
partially, you know, Deion Lewis obviously has a reduced role, and maybe he's handled it well, and he's being a pro, and that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's bizarre. You know, Lawan is Lawan is. You know, obviously Mike Malarkey took took the C off his chest, you know, a few years ago, and I think he is. He's sort of a team spokesman, and I think you know he's an energy guy and probably the most talented player on the roster. But also, I think his personality isn't for everyone. So, you know, I guess I can see that. But I'm surprised he didn't say Mariota because even though that's not Mariota's personality, I still think when you, when you talk about all the professionalism and work and, and all the things that people respect, I, I think Mariota is at the top of the list. So, yeah, that is a, that's, that's one of a few interesting things Vrabel has said the last few weeks. Joe Rexford from The Athletic here with us on Darren Donick and Chase. Seven sacks given up yesterday by the Tennessee Titans, uh, Mariota, Tannehill, it didn't matter who was in. They were getting hit. The offensive line has had to answer a ton of questions over the past few weeks. Where do you stand on Keith Carter right now as the offensive line coach? Well, he's an obvious target, and I think it's fair that he would be targeted here. I, you know, I, I have had this argument with people, though. I am less of a – like, if you see a guy like Roger Sample just get torched by the – you know, defensive lineman, or you see, I mean, Nate Davis yesterday was just, boy, I mean, he's, he was just overwhelmed by Wolf, like play after play after play. You know, when you see stuff like that, I say, okay, so the offensive line coach can do what there? You know, Vrabel was very forceful in defending Carter a week ago with his point being, if, if people don't know their assignments, if the collective, you know, plan and the execution of what we're trying to do is messed up, then, I'm looking at him. If individuals are getting their butts beat out there, you know what? I mean, look, you're still working with guys, and you're, you know, you're trying to work on technique and all that stuff. But this is the pros, and so then it's like, okay, then why do you pay assistant coaches? And I get that. I mean, I, I do think sometimes their they, their their importance is overstated. But still, if you're this bad, if you're looking at like being on pace to set the NFL sacks record allowed then, yeah, how could the offensive line coach not be targeted? And especially when you think back to three years ago, some of these same guys, Russ Grimm, and they had one of the top probably three or four offensive lines in the NFL. So when you put all this together that we've been talking about, whether it's making a change at quarterback, the offensive line, if you got to change an assistant, what is your overall evaluation of Mike Vrabel and how he has handled especially the last two to three weeks? Well, it's a massive disappointment right now, and I think you know it's year two for Vrabel, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds. I do think that ultimately, when you talk about blame and consequence on this, this is still a situation where John Robinson, I think, has the trust of Amy Adams Strunk, and Vrabel's his guy, and they did not choose Marcus Mariota. And so I think if you put all that together, I still think this can easily end up with, you know, Mariota's elsewhere and these guys get a chance with their own quarterback. But Mike Vrabel, look, I was very impressed with him last year. I was impressed with him in the offseason. I think he does a lot of good things. It's just like with any coach in the college or pro level, what's happening on game day. And if it's this bad, then you have to look at that guy and say, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, I agree with that because right now – Joe, I mean, we've been spending all day talking about, you know, Marcus, and, and, but I think Vrabel has to share a lot of this. And, you know, I, I thought he, he answered some tough questions in his press conference today, but I also don't like him joking 
saying, well, I guess I'm not a very good coach. When, when Jared asked the question about Mariota and why he's regressed, I think there were problems with Mariota to, to begin with, but we can all agree that it's gotten worse over the last couple of years, and I, I just I didn't like how Vrabel handled that. No, I agree. I mean, look, Vrabel, anybody who watched Vrabel as a player, I mean, he is a fiery, intense, competitive, and he could be a nasty dude as a player. And if this goes bad, you know, there's probably going to be a lot more answers like that from him, I would imagine. You know, I, uh, and he's, you know, he believes, I think, in himself a lot. He has a lot of confidence. I think he also gets what this league's about. But, you know, those press conferences – are going to get more and more like that if this team doesn't start playing better. Last thing real quick, Joe, what did you make of Vanderbilt's loss to a bad UNLV uh, UNLV team on Saturday? Oh, hey, at least they had the Titans to like make, you know, make make people forget about it the next day. Uh, I was awful. I watched most of that game from Denver Saturday and uh, I just couldn't believe how they were dominated. And you know the thing is, I mean, defensively, we know this is a terrible team that any any college football team can just score on and move the ball on. Okay, we know that, and I I can't say that's shocking. What's shocking to me is that Vanderbilt's offense scores ten points against UNLV and that it has struggled to this extent. I mean, look, think about even the LSU game. You know, it's like okay, this team's going to get in a lot of shootouts, and at least it'll be fun to watch. And now it's like all of that has gone away. It's just a disaster. I mean, you got three guys who are going to be playing on Sundays on your offense, and this is how bad things are. And certainly, the quarterback situation is a is a big problem, but it's deeper than that. And uh, yeah, I just I just hard to find much hope for this team right now. Yeah, not good. Uh, Joe, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Joe, Joe. Rexrode, he's the columnist for the Athletic. That's where you can find his work. We'll get a full breakdown of every player and every play of UNLV since Willie's out there. So he'll tell us all about the running Rebels <laughs> at 11 or 130. That's, that's a lie. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just a lie. We yeah. haven't gotten into that today, but I, I'm – I, I mean, it's, it's just mm, – not good. It's not good. It's not good. All right, we'll come back. More of Darren, Donick, and Chase on the other side, ESPN 1025, the game.